welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Hey guys, it's Michelle. We're coming to you part two of the head string chat with Dennis Fabian. We are trying to answer all of your questions. There were so many cool ones, some that were super simple, but some very thought provoking and everything in between. So here is part two. Okay, let's see. Any special tips on stringing setups? Stiff string at low tension versus soft string at high tension. Tension differential between mains and crosses, proportional string, etc. that the expert would advise tinkers to think about. Tinkers to think about. I it's like this question. A, yeah, I, I like and I don't like it. <laughs> um, because I would wish that this person would have written down which racket he plays. Right. Um, because I think that determines a lot of things. So like we have some interesting experience that we make here um, during playtest. For example, if you take a stiffer racket, like let's 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 take a, a radical or an extreme tour or extreme MP, and you put a softer string in there, like even a lynx touch or something, you get like an incredible sound and an incredible pocketing feeling. If you take that softer string, at least that's my kind of personal experience. Um, into like a softer racket, it can be huh, mm -hmm. and like underwhelming mm -hmm. because like it, it it's it's pretty interesting and actually we are trying to dive deeper into this with some research programs that we are running how much this affects um, and and how people like feel it because that's a tough part here all of this. We can do measurements, but like it's a lot perception and like it's really tough to tell somebody what they should and how they would feel. And so it's, it's really tough to get, get advices. So if I would get an advice is take a stiffer frame and put a very soft monofilament in there. I think people will love the sensation. Uh, a stiffer one in, in a stiff racket also works pretty well on softer rackets. I usually tend to use the more stiffer string, to be honest with you, rather than the softer one. I'm smiling because I literally am play testing a very soft string right now. And I just had it strung in a Radical Pro at a higher tension because I had tried it in a different racket at a lower tension a stiffer racket. I had it in the RF 97 at a lower tension and I wasn't really feeling what I was meant to be feeling. And, um, I was kind of shocked that it was strung at a lower tension. It basically what you just described happened and the radical pro it's working really well. I really like it, but I'm also like having a radical pro moment at, at this minute. So I've been enjoying that racket a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it looks, I mean, it looks so cool. And like the different colors of string look awesome in it. Another segue. Why does Red Lynx Tour play so differently from Champagne? I should have asked that earlier when we were talking about pigment. Does it? First of all, first of all, first of all, my question is where did this guy get a, or a girl? I don't know who asked the question, but a Red Lynx Tour from. That's, I literally That's was just about to look it up. I'm like, since when do we have red? I'm guessing so, they mean so, orange. So, and that's why it plays different because he got a fake string, maybe. <laughs> right? Now, so like the orange is obviously, we, we are getting back to what we just discussed, right? On the So this seems to be 
first of all, I don't hope that the person got a fake string from somewhere because the red links tour doesn't exist. Second, it's a very personal perception, right? Like it's, and, and I don't want to even judge if it's good or bad, but like it's, it's a bit unfortunate that this person feels it this way, but technically it's not different. Like pure technical standards in the laboratory, it's not different. I'll just give my personal little side note here. Um, we started, you know, Links Tour was presented first in that champagne color. And I just love the story. And I love saying champagne and I love champagne. So anything champagne, I'm like, yes, I'm on board. Let's go. If you gave me a racket with the champagne color and a racket with the gray color, I would not want to touch the gray one just because I like the champagne one. And aesthetically, that's what I'm going for. So there's my my little material <laughs> psychological issue anyway. <laughs> but I get that people don't love the champagne color and gray works perfectly. But yeah, we are not sure where that red links to her came from. <laughs> if it was orange, we all have C color differently. <laughs> anyway, um, are there any overarching features that determine whether a string is in the hawk or links family? I should have asked that at the beginning because I think there are, but maybe not. You tell me. Well, it's 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 all about like again from a business perspective, it has to do with the cost of the string, definitely. And then um, once you start developing a string, you set yourself a target of like what what the cost of the string should be to be in one or the other family. Um, and and um, yeah, it is determined by by the um, additives and the raw materials and the process that you use, and also by kind of the customer that you are addressing. So we try. Like obviously the more premium strings, they have certain benefits that um, most of the time, and I'm, I'm saying this very carefully, most of the time, the let's say better technically advanced players can actually take advantage of. Um, and so, yeah, it depends on who we are actually developing for, right? If we are talking about the pro player, even though, and here you can see it, a lot of pro players are using Lynx Tour, like a lot of pro players. Mm -hmm. So. Should it now be more expensive? If you ask like our senior management in terms of margins and stuff, they pr probably will answer you yes. And uh, I'm just happy that we have a very accessible, incredibly well-playing string on a very consumer-friendly price point. But sometimes it just can't happen out of also out of business reasons. Yeah. Right. Um, next question. I like this one. Is head developing an eco-friendly string? Yes. Yes. We we kicked off this project beginning of 2019 already. Um, and there you can see that we want to be sure what we are bringing to the market. Um, one of the key things, so, uh, certainly you can own the story by being the first, um, but sometimes it's not the best moment to do, right? So one of the real challenges with eco-friendly strings is you need a consistent supply of the raw material. Um, to because you don't want uh, one batch from 2022 or 2023 feel different than the next batch on 2024. With recycled material, if you think about it, it could potentially happen that your supply dries out all of a sudden because the material you choose is not available anymore. So it's it's really something that we need to look into. Also, that the factory can like continuously work work on this string. But there will be something um, for sure. Uh, we are in the final stages of testing. So we are probably another 10 to 12 months out um, before we bring it to market. 
Um, but yeah, there will be. And we started it very, very early. And I think I should remind everyone listening, and I should do a better job, but the head lineup of bags is very eco-friendly yeah. and made from PET and recycled materials. And like a lot of people have questions about the, we can say, playability of these bags. The materials are so premium and like really durable. So that's one thing that I know about your brand. You guys have been doing that for a long time, and now it's like crossover into the whole line. So. Yeah, I mean, you, you, we have this program ahead that's called Rethink. So every single time we develop a pro, um, product, we always think about how we can be more environmental friendly. And it's a lot of people in the first place think about the pure raw material, but sometimes it's also about like, are we air freighting? Are we putting it on a vessel? Um, is Where are the factories located to get like, for example, the made in US string, Obviously, it's it's pretty helpful for us, right? In terms of the f carbon footprint you put out, because I think the warehouse is just a couple hours away from from the place where the facility is, at least for the product that is made for the U.S., which is still the biggest tennis market in the world. Yeah, that's what I thought. I remember when we talked about that, we had that kind of sustainability story as well. So that's cool. Um, you know, it's cool seeing the eco-friendly strings in the market, but there's still so many strides that this industry could take when, <laughs> I mean, the, between the shoe boxes and the plastic um, wrappings on every piece of apparel, it's there's a lot. Yeah, and you see it, you see it, for example, all our hang tags on the backs are recycled cardboard. Like, I think the team, the footwear team changed our um, footwear boxes to recycled cardboard. Yes. Um, the made in US um, packaging, like for the strings, is out of recycled cardboard and we use environmental friendly printing colors. Um, what else? Like, there's, there's a lot of those little things that we try to think as best as we can. You know, like, are we perfect? No, but like step by step, um, you get there, right? So, and if we all do it, then yeah, it overall will become much better. Yes, baby steps. Okay, pivot. What factors other than stiffness are considered when trying to develop a comfortable string? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough question to ask, like, what is comfortable, right? It's also yeah. pretty, like, uh, for a lot of people feel not comfortable when they play a very soft string. Um, I guess comfortable is here put in a sense of arm friendly. And obviously stiffness plays a big role, but also like the way on, like, the moment of impact on this area, how the string behaves in terms of the pocketing. Yeah. yeah, there are different uh, factors, uh, obviously. The, on the multifilament side, it's kind of like which material are you using? For the filaments, are you using the softer PA material or the stiffer one? Or do you use the stiffer filaments, but the softer coating and metrics? So all of these questions are considered, yes. Yeah, that's a big question. So definitely um, a lot of things go into it. Do rough or textured strings accomplish the same as shaped ones? You kind of already talked about this, but we'll, we'll circle back. Um, why doesn't head have any textured strings and are there any plans to add them to the lineup? And then why are you discontinuing head hawk rough? I think I explained it with the trade-offs, right? On the spin side. So me personally, I'm not a huge fan of rough strings in terms of telling the story that they deliver more spin. Is it true also that the rough strings tend to have a bit of a softer feel at impact? If you have like a non-rough and a rough right next to each other, the rough will be a little bit softer? It depends. Okay. You, it can be, but like uh, there are also people that tell you exact, the exact opposite. <laughs> um, 
why are you discontinuing Hawkruff? It's it's a great string actually, and it's a different concept because we have like kind of dimples in the string. It's not really that the string itself is rougher because we want it to not just roughen it up and then make it a higher friction actually. Nevertheless, the market didn't accept it as well as we expected it. So for now, we are, let's say, disc discontinuing and observing the market if there is an opportunity for a new generation. Maybe Hawk Power in the future is an option to look into a rougher version of it or something. But at the moment, it's, it's really the, the reality of the market that for us, it doesn't make sense anymore to produce it because the demand is just too low. So I feel sorry for this person that he can't buy his favorite string anymore. But well, if he matches the minimum uh, quantities, we can talk about this. You know, we, can, we can get your own <laughs> string made <laughs> as long as you can promise to take several, several yeah, it's sets. Just, it's, just a, it, it's a few, few lifetime supply probably. Well, and I, I guess that's a nice reminder. In the industry, we obviously kind of understand if it, there's no demand, it's hard to sell it. And that's how things get phased out. But um, it, it sucks, too, because there's always someone that it's like, that was my my go to. But I'm sure there's something. What do you suggest this guy tries if um, he obviously I was just looking at our site. We we're sold out, too. So what should he try? Well, it's it's it's, it's rough <laughs> to answer that question. <laughs> That's mean. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, because we don't have another rough option. So, like, I can obviously talk this person into another string, but I don't want to. But mm. the only option, if he's really looking for additional spin, is really go try Link Spin Square because it's kind of like different, and then also try Link's Tour. And I think, yeah, I was just going to say, I think a lot of these questions are coming from people that are on the playtest for Link Spin Squared. So report back to us if you do get to try yeah, that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a fun one. What is your take on ultra low tensions like Manorino? It's like super fun to play. <laughs> and um, like I personally, I have done uh, with, my, with the previous company I was working for. I did a lot of playtests, for example, with the Bryan Brothers on court and uh, we also tried a lot of rackets with like super low tensions and it's it's a completely different sensation that you feel um, when, when hitting the ball but you must like it and you need to be capable of controlling it but the actual impact sensation is super fun and it would it will surprise a lot of people how great you can play with a racket that is strong on low tension yeah and we have a podcast episode, if you guys haven't heard it yet, where it's the, called The Great Debate, High versus Low Tension. I'm on team high, and uh, the rest of my colleagues all prefer low. But It's also very interesting because I have one of like a very famous U.S. player here, um, like uh, one of his rackets when he, when he was playtesting here with Head, um, who was known for using alu power with above 69 or even 72 pounds or so. Um it also becomes interesting when you kind of overstretch the string with too high of a tension, how the playability changes. It's very hard to forecast kind of how it feels, but there are certain strings, if they get like overstretched and strung super tight, they actually start feeling comfortable to an extent. Like obviously not comfortable in terms of arm friendly, and I would recommend it if you have a tennis elbow. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. but um, they have a very different sensation than on a, on a let's say, mid-tension. So it's super interesting. Like, if people have the ability to try it out, they definitely should. Go, yeah, go string your rackets down in, what, 40 or 
I don't know. That's so low. But yeah, try it out. Uh, yeah, the lowest I went is 12 kilos. I don't know how that resonates. I don't either. <laughs> 25 or 28 pounds. Oh, man, like that. that's so low. <laughs> yeah, on an 1820 string pattern and a prestige, it's super fun. I could just imagine the ball just pockets. It just sits there. Yeah. 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 Nice. Okay, moving right along. From a Marty marketing point of view, does color ever come into mind when developing a string? There are a million black and gray strings, but we all know when we see a gold string, it's 4G or green strings, hyper G. Curious to know if color plays a part in the development. Thanks. And I feel like this is good because Hawk Power. Yeah, that, that's good. And we have way to go because we have champagne that nobody else has. So this we need to get more champagne strings out there. So this person sees a lot more champagne strings knowing that it's Lynx Tour. Lynx Tour. Um, hopefully, we will see way more petrol strings out there, which would be hard power. Um, the, the bright orange on Lynx Tour is pretty interesting. So yes, obviously, you try to be distinctive, but not, not offsetting, you know. So it's a very thin line because we are talking about taste. And um, I'm not so sure if Hyper G would play different and be green if it still would be as successful as it is i think there are also a lot of people that kind of like take it because they love the playability but if it would be in a different color maybe they would even even appreciate it more like it's just an assumption and like and it doesn't it shouldn't come across any negative but like it's it's just what i think how it how it's potentially be yeah black hyper g just doesn't have the same vibe <laughs> like yeah, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> okay so yes that i mean that orange links tour is very bright and bold and especially in a radical very obvious that it's that string so and champagne i mean i'm i keep talking about the champagne so <laughs> let's see next why isn't there more emphasis on thinner gauge polys like smaller or thinner than 1.2 they have better feel and can be comfortable for recreational players who don't need the durability of 1.25 or greater. All well said. All is true what he's saying. It's a matter of demand. So we have Hawk Touch in 115, 120, 125, 130. We do have 120 Hawk. We do have Lynx Tour 120, but the demand, it all comes down to demand at the end. And uh, imagine all the SKUs, all the colors. So like lucky people can like buy from you. But if you, let's say, have a local retail environment and not uh, like an online shop with a, with a warehouse connected, it's tough to carry all the strings from every vendor that approaches you in every single gauge and every single color. If you put that lineup on the wall, it's a huge wall. Which goes to my favorite question that's somewhere on here. I don't even have to find it to ask it. Links to our 18 gauge in the American market. And I laugh because our I know that question has been asked before. And then our last podcast went out and that question was there. And you said. Yeah. And I actually talked to our US people. So we have it in our portfolio. It's there. And I think we are already in touch with your guys yes. to supply it. To so, supply very, very soon. And uh, we will push. 
And also we will push you to actually add the Lynx tour in, in black, I heard. So oh, okay. like, because you are missing this one in your lineup too. But I will laugh because I remember that question the first time when we talked about Lynx Tour and you're like, it's coming, but there's not the demand in the U.S. market. I understand. So then next time around or a couple of years later, whatever, the question and then you answered. And then so I start on my like I con consider myself a connector of people. So I'm like, Jada, where's Lynx Tour 18? And then our hard goods buyer, where's it? Lynx? And they're like, huh? And now it's in our system. So it looks like it's actually coming at the end of May. There you go. So you, you see? Ask and I, you shall receive most of the time when there is demand. So you guys, you better tell us how awesome it is. Or maybe we even do a whole play test on just the 18 gauge. Yeah. Push it out. Yeah. Okay. Next question. <laughs> Why are all pro-level headstrings so ultra controlled? Why not have some variation amongst the competition level strings? I feel like I can answer that one at this point. But we'll hear it from you. <laughs> uh, it's, it's also a fair question. Nevertheless, it's it seems to be a very individual kind of perception. Like, um, I don't think that every single string in our portfolio is very control oriented. It's it's you can debate what it even means. So it's it's a tough question to answer. Really, like I would love to know why this person feels like it. Is he using a super high tension? Is he using a very like um, tight string pattern, 1820. Um, does he have the same experience with other brands? So like a lot of questions that came into my mind, I would discuss with that person why he comes to that perception. From a technical standpoint, and, and that's not debatable, there are differences in our portfolio with every single string that we have. Um, and then kind of similar, kind of a similar question. A full bed of Lynx Tour is pretty demanding and best suited for college level players and above. Would you still recommend a full bed of Lynx to the majority of club players? Or do you think a hybrid of your newer strings with velocity, velocity perhaps is a step up from Lynx? Well, first of all, as I explained in the very beginning, Lynx is kind of our everybody's darling, right? Like I would definitely recommend it also for recreational players, for club level players, juniors. Um, Lynx Touch is the other option if you even want to go, let's say, softer in your impact field. With mono and multifilament hybrids, I tend to be very careful to recommend them to players if they don't get the racket restrung quite often. Uh, and, and the reason why is that the multifilament strings and also natural gut, they lose tension less fast than uh, a monofilament string, which then means usually that at a certain point after even a few months, because those kind of players usually don't break strings quite often, the racket starts to deform. So even though your string setup does, you, does good on you on your arm, but once the racket deforms, either it gets longer or shorter, depending on how you play the setup, the sweet spot changes and it still can cause elbow issues. So that's why like, I'm tending to tell if you want to try a mono multi-hybrid, it's great, but you have to get your rackets uh, restrung even more often than with other setups. What are the differences between Velocity and Reflex MLT in detail? Is Reflex MLT a better multi than Velocity MLT from your perspective? And what exactly does Reflex do better? And then they kind of ask why you primarily recommend Velocity. Um, okay, so a lot of things in this question as well. Um, 
Velocity is a PA-based string, so polyamide. And this is a slightly stiffer material, so it's more control-oriented. So it's probably for the majority of players, in terms of the feedback from a multifilament strings, uh, better to recommend this one because it's, it's, it has comfort, but it still delivers a good feedback and a good like um, pocketing sensation. A reflex is, is really like the super comfortable string. It's like the running shoe with like a high outsole that is super cushioned, soft. You don't want to feel anything anymore. You kind of just want to, like you want to hit the ball and, and go super smooth. Um, so that's a very like specific target group. And reflex is um, polyurethane based with uh, PA filaments and it's super soft. So I can't tell which is better because better is always a perception on the individual person, right? Just because reflex is more expensive or velocity is cheaper doesn't mean the one is better, the other is, is worse. It really is what you are looking into. But these two strings have a complete different kind of um, playability. And that was important with the development because I think players who buy into uh, multi-filament, sorry, um, they are not as like diverse as monofilament users. Monofilament users are very picky in choosing their setups and everything. And on the multifilament side, it's really like it's it's determined by price or it's determined of what people are looking for. Do they want to have super soft or a little bit more control? And velocity to me is a wider audience. That's why we continue to recommend velocity. A better playing experience for the majority of people looking for a yeah. multi-filament. Yes. Okay. We've kind of gone, We. I feel like this is a common theme, but what are your thoughts on the position of the regular link string in Head's lineup going forward? What is the target audience and why isn't it being promoted anymore? I believe it should be the best, most playable string from the majority of players that can handle poly. This person said it all, right? <laughs> I mean, there you go. You it just is, answered. As, 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 I, as I said, like Lynx is kind of our everybody's darling monofilament string. It, it's it, for a lot of people. It plays really well. We use it in, uh, globally as uh, a pre-strung string in most of our records. Um, it holds tension quite well for a monofilament. Um, we actually promote it heavily because we do it into let's say two-thirds of our delivered um, tour records. Um, again, the US market, I know it's different. Most people tend to buy unstrung records, and, um, but the rest of the world, it's very popular to still buy pre-strung records, even on the tour level um, silos. But that string, will, that string will continue to exist and be there. Um, nothing much to say about it. It's like the velocity for the poly side. It's a great yeah. playing experience and like good string for a poly player. And if you want to go from there, you've got all the options above and sideways and below and lateral, like more spin, more feel, more stiffer layup. Okay. Next, let's see what head poly is ideal for crossing with natural gut. And have you considered making a poly specifically meant to be used in such a hybrid setup with natural gut? I would go links to her. Tough one. Like consider making a specifically meant to use that also comes down to a personal preference, right? What you want. Um, I think like you can pretty much combine all of our monofilaments with a natural gut. 
probably the best playing experience as most of our pros you will have with Hawk Touch, Hawk or Lynx Tour. Um, the other strings, I would guess that it all might become a little bit too soft and uncontrolled. But if somebody likes it, why not? Like it's no harm to try it like so. Uh, will Head develop any new multi-filament strings? Yes, I just like at the very beginning I said it, we are in full process of at least three three versions. Uh, I, I can't talk about this as much and probably most of our salespeople and everyone will kill me for even telling it. Um, but yeah, we, 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 are, um, we are working a lot on the multi-filament side. It, it just takes much longer in terms of development. It's way more complex, way more complicated. The process is more intense in the factory, so it just takes time. But yeah, we are looking into it. Cool. Stay tuned. We're grinding through here. Okay. This is um, a personal, more of a personal question from someone. Will Head adopt the practice of marking the middle of their strings in a pack with a small mark? This is obviously um, a specific stringer that prefer that makes it makes them easier to cut in the string in half. Is that coming? No. No. Sorry. Sorry. You got to keep measuring. It's also relatively dangerous, you know, like depending on which racket you play, um, sometimes it's not helpful to cut the string right in the middle unless you know how to extend on the knot side That's true. to pull the string. So uh, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to do. Um, what is your current setup? Racket strings, tension, specs? I know you're playing with the Gravity Tour. Don't, everyone's going to come at us for that. <laughs> and I'm guessing it's with Hawk Power. Yeah, you're not not too bad. And then I'm guessing it's like 23 kilograms. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I was using actually the Boom Pro for a long time, but okay. now, like, as in my role, we uh, we actually like as we continue to develop new rackets and stuff, you want to keep your uh, eyes open and try everything that's in your your portfolio. And yes, I'm right now. I just made the switch for this season to the Gravity Tour. Um, and I play with, um, don't, don't let me lie. It's, I think three, like unstrung at 310, um, 305 millimeter in balance and a 295 swing weight. Um, when I was still fit and young and fresh, I was more so on the level of like 340 grams unstrung, super low balance, like 30 centimeters wow. or 30.5 and like still 295, 300 swing weight. Okay. Tension, I used to use high tension, like 27, 28 kilos. Um, now I'm like at 23 to 24 kilos. Um, string right now, it's it's Hawk Power and some of the new multifilament strings that we are testing out. So, <laughs> so he can't show you his racket because yeah, they're in there. If, if anyone grabs my bag at the airport, they might be lucky. <laughs> That's so funny. That's awesome. Cool, cool. Um, I'm not going to name names, but there are new head rackets coming eventually. I'm not going to say when. And oh my gosh, I love what they look like. Like, I'm in love with what they look like. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's like the biggest tease ever, but they look so pretty. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> um, I can't I can't even like look at the camera because I feel like someone will see that and be like, you said too much. We're coming for you. <laughs> but next question. I'm lucky you, I'm lucky you said it. <laughs> exactly. Um, next question. I like. OK, we've got some deeper ones. Um, I know it's 
anyways, where do you see strings heading in the next 10 years? Which material developments do you envision significantly changing string technology over the next five to 10 years? And what would be required to speed up that timeline? That's a lot. Um, first of all, it's material science that we like, obviously we dive into it. We always try to find different materials, different additives, different filaments, different materials. But what you require is also the factories being capable of like working with these new materials, you know, like some of the machines are not yet made for certain materials that technically would be game changing or um, working. But the investment is just too high on the machine side because the risk is pretty high because nobody knows how the outcome would be. Like you only know it would work, um, but then investing whatever 150, 200K in new machines or even more, um, educating the people to just try a certain material in a string, uh, it's a tough one to convince sometimes. Um, we are looking into new materials. We are trying some new things. and. As I said, I hope that we will have a string within the next two to three years that might become like a life changer, you said? No, <laughs> yes. put it a game changer. Uh, we, we are definitely looking at it, but there are some restrictions in terms of the production facility as of today, but I hope that's going to change and, and we can push boundaries here. And like, I think this is such a cool PSA for anyone like that's younger and studying. And like, these are such very specific categories of work. But also if this is, if you're like an engineer of some sort and you work with materials, how cool would it also be to like help develop strings? Just saying. But dream big out there, you guys. I think that would be so cool. I'm not that smart, but that's why we I'm need on. more people. We need more people. Yeah, more people. And I think sometimes people don't realize like the tennis industry, we need that too. So any engineers out there that work with materials, send all resumes to Austria. Um, this is a similar question. And again, I like these because it's always like dreaming big. But what are the primary limitations on string design? For example, if price were no object, would there be a major shift in string properties? Would it be possible to have a synthetic gut indistinguishable from natural gut? And would an arm-friendly poly, which held tension well as well as natural gut, and have durability be possible? If, if not, why? <laughs> so second, second question, I can pretty sure after having discussions with our R&D team the past couple of months, I would be confident to say yes, that's possible under certain circumstances that are expensive. <laughs> so not yet there. Uh, the first question, I'm pretty comfortable to say no, because like, like natural gut is, is coming from an animal, right? Like to copy uh, like yeah, vegan leather, it gets close. And a lot of people won't be able to tell you the difference in a first glimpse. Um, but it's tough to copy one-on-one. -on -one. So I don't think that this is necessarily absolutely possible. I don't know what's happening maybe in 10, 15 years, the further science goes, maybe it is possible. As of today, I would say no. That's a good answer. Um, you, you've hit on this a few times today as well. Do you believe poly is actually a contributor to developing arm issues or is it more of a question play, of people playing with dead strings that have lost their elasticity? Um, yes and no, I can say to this question. 
Um, definitely poly strings have less less of a like on-spot pocketing than multifilament strings, and they are less elast elastic as, as multifilament strings. So depending on how you play, how your swing style is, um, if the uh, poly is dead, um, it actually gets absorbed by your elbow, by your wrist, by your shoulder, and it's building up over time. Like So those people who wake up in the morning and have their elbow hurting, that hasn't happened last night when you play tennis. That happened over the course of the past six months. And um, obviously, I wouldn't actually, if, if somebody likes the feedback and the playability of a poly, and they know they might be sensitive in terms of their bones or ligaments and all of this, I would say stick with the poly, but just get it restrung very often and to keep it elastic. And then the, the, the um, let's say the bad thing about poly is not existing. But if you don't do that, yes, then obviously polyester strings. But the same is for, for multifilament strings. What I see a lot is like multifilament strings, they stretch much more. So people like all of a sudden start multi, uh, start using multifilament strings on the same tension as they have used monofilament strings. The overall string bed stiffness tends to be stiffer, which then actually also can cause your an elbow problem. And then those people are get desperate because um, they don't know what to do anymore because now they believe they have done something good and even it hurts even more. So it's a very individual like setting. Um, but if you follow certain rules, it doesn't harm i hope that makes sense well no and then the contributing factors also always are what racket are you using what does your stroke technique look like how many days a week are you playing even even how many times do you change the ball right like there are a lot of people that are playing the balls way too long luckily in the u.s market um, balls aren't as expensive as in some other markets if some of your customers would come to europe or other countries, they like they wouldn't believe their eyes if they see the pricing for a four ball can being 10 euros, which resonates into 12, 13 dollars or so. Okay, good answer. Let's see what else. The current head synthetic gut doesn't feel as crisp as head PPS in this person's opinion. Was the formula changed? And if so, why? And what was the goal? That, that's the personal's opinion, person's opinion. So so no, nothing changed. No. <laughs> it's on you. Did you change your racket? Did you change your stringer? Did you change your tension? That's what I would assume would be follow-up questions. Um, let's see. You're, it seems like you're phasing out Headsonic Pro. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I was like reading the rest of their question and I'm like, well, let's just start there. Um, so no, you're not. You're not. So don't worry about it. It's it's still no, not, not that not that I know of. <laughs> I don't okay. know if anyone else has made the decision, but like I'm I'm it's it's just Sonic Pro has lost a little bit of its popularity because the other strings picked up so much. Like we uh, we like Lynx has become has overtaken Sonic Pro in terms of our numbers. It has become more popular because it even has a little bit of a softer impact feel and does a few things a little bit better. It's a more modern version which doesn't necessarily make it better, but the way people play and the rackets. Uh, Lynx Tour has obviously taken a big part um, on it. And yeah, so right now there is no plan to globally phase out Sonic Pro, no. Okay, perfect. So it's still be around. 
Um, this is another long question. Let's see. I really enjoyed playing with head rip control 16 as the main in a hybrid with a poly. However, it notches and breaks too quickly for something to stick with. Head already makes Intellitour hybrid with tailor-made strings for a multi-cross hybrid and now also a hybrid of two polys designed to be used together. Would you consider making a tailor-made hybrid for multi or syngut main with a polycross setup? Where would the multi where the multi would continue to be able to slide and snap back with with some notching. <laughs> you feel free to jump in. <laughs> no, no, like I, I get I get where he's coming from. So basically what I think what I try to read in between the lines here, is there a multifilament hybrid that has low friction and delivers a lot of spin? Uh, and that that's a magic formula. I think you could now put uh, the Wilson team on this call, the Babola team, the Technifiber, uh, the entire industry teams on the call. The person who will find that magic bullet of low friction multifilament um, will be the winner. The, the challenge is just as on monofilament, you have the additives and even if the string wears down, um, it's constantly within the structure of the string existing, right? The, the low friction additives and stuff. On, on, on multifilament strings, you have different layers. And one, once a layer is gone, it's gone. And so like that's the fraying and all this stuff that happens. So it's very tough. Like uh, obviously rib control and IntelliTour, um, they are ribbon-based multifilament strings. So it's even a little bit different process. Like they are more their production process uh, equals more the production of natural gut but still there is some reality on the on the bonding and and coding and stuff that you can do so yeah um you you made the call to action if there are any material engineers out there who want <laughs> yeah. to developing that string he, give me a call <laughs> yeah. it's yeah obviously not easy to do um, okay. Well, I think we got through all of the questions. I'm shocked. I thought that would take longer. Hopefully. I yeah, can. we wanted to, right? Because we wanted to, everyone, like, and, and I said it in the beginning to you, I said, like, everyone took the time to put down their questions here. So I think it's just fair to take the time, even though, and I appreciate you also took the time to really go through all of them because, um, I don't want to be anyone upset and be like, well, I have to choose this question and not mine. Like, I don't like this guy anymore. No, I, and if there were questions missed, it was the person asking for free gear and free this and his questions yeah, also I, made I, it. I read through the message board. There was one guy, what did he want? Like a stringer machine, but a hoodie would be good a too, hoodie, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. A stringer machine or a hoodie. I mean... That's... We can trade with a Porsche or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm laughing, but obviously, and I think I mentioned this off the air, why it's so cool to talk to Dennis is, or maybe I said this at the beginning of the episode, it's been, it's been, I need more coffee. Um, but he's so transparent and really eager to help the industry. Obviously he's not only taking the time to answer all these questions, he's in the thread, like reading what you guys are saying and all that. So definitely a hands-on experience that we don't often get so we appreciate your honesty and bearing with us and asking answering everything for everyone and just being geeking out on gear the way we love to do it so so now everyone needs to keep up the high demand on head strings and then we don't have those questions coming anymore it's like why are you just <laughs> continuing are you phasing this out right so like like everyone needs to get on this uh, on their computers right now and start ordering head strings so well yes. and 
Definitely. And like I said, I'm pretty sure this is all part of the head link spin squared playtest. So it would actually be really cool to get more feedback um, once everyone's gotten that in their string, in their strings, in their rackets. My goodness, you guys, in their rackets. And um, to be able to speak on the experience. And then not that we would waste your time, but even like have a troubleshooting, like because you did have that one person that said, I didn't like that. And you kind of were like, hmm, I wonder what he normally uses or what tension it was at or what racket was at. So there's always so many other factors. But yes, thank you. And um, let's uh, also make another call to action. I would want to know from the people listening to us, which colors do they want to see on Linkspin Square next? Wouldn't so that be so to, cool to like do yes. a, uh, like let, I've let always wanted to do that. Decide. Yeah. Let the four, because they are always like, sometimes there are people in like, if they would ask us, we would tell them what to do. So let them tell us what to do. And then we at least will build a prototype um, and, and, and get it out there. I was just going to say, we could get a petition started <laughs> for yeah. everything that you guys want that we don't have, get at least 600 signatures. I don't know. Um, yeah. No, I love that idea. I've thought that would be so cool in so many different ways because sometimes we get so close to everything and we're like, oh, wait, I've never even thought of that color. Yay. And hopefully the next time we chat, we don't have to like run through the whole lineup either. So I'm hoping you did such a great job explaining Lynx and Hawk and the the multi-filaments and the Synget that I think that everyone should be really well adversed in headstring after this episode. Right, guys? Right. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, cool. So I know there's a ton of promotions that we're going to be running alongside this episode. So everyone, please stay tuned. We'll put all of the links not just the, the string, but the actual links to get the string in the video as well as the audio episode. And honestly, keep your questions coming. We love episodes like this. It's super fun. It's interactive. We get to know what you guys are looking for. Anything else, Dennis, before we wrap this one? No, I don't think so. Like, I hope that people got more curious about Linkspin Square and also our entire portfolio. And yeah, I think we... I think we, we uh, yeah, answered all the questions. I did my very best. You did awesome. Let's see what the comments are, if I can come back or if I should dig myself a hole. And, <laughs> no, I mean, there's few guests that people are like, get him again. And like, you're always like, oh, yes, it's Dennis again. So we love having you. It's like going to be a quarterly staple from now on, checking in with Dennis um, and head and strings and all the things. Cool. Um, that's it, you guys. I'm going to say happy hitting. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for your questions. Thanks for hanging out. Happy hitting. Thanks. Thanks. And all the best from Austria. Woohoo! Yay. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in to our two-parter around head tennis strings, specifically giving head link spin squared a little bit of a shout out. I'm actually getting my racket restrung with this string right now. Um, I play tested it and Chris play tested it. So go check out our video review. But I know some of you guys are play testing it as well at this moment. So we'd love to hear your feedback. Feel free to email or message us or even comment on this video about your experience with this awesome monofilament hybrid. Thanks for listening and happy hitting. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. 
Hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time, happy hitting. 